we've got a lot of fights to talk about in an hour less than um okay the final ufc pay-per-view of the year the final ufc card in fact is behind us ufc 296 in the books and there is tons to talk about because i thought that this card was fantastic even though the the last few fights went to decisions there was so much to talk about in those and a ton of great finishes and stuff throughout the card um We'll just start right at the bottom because uh, this is the first UFC card I've watched from top to bottom in a long time. Um, and it was really worth it because the fight pass prelims were really, really good. Um, literally before we just started recording, me and Jake were talking about how good Shamil Ghazi have looked in the first fight of the night, which, yeah, didn't see coming that, that a heavyweight opener. I'd be like, okay, we're kicking this off good. Yeah, exactly. I was I was kind of thinking, okay, a bit of a slow start here, but it's all right. The card will get better. Gaziev looked fantastic. I think he's only he's only about 30 years old, which in heavyweight terms means he's about 25. You know, he's got he's got plenty of time and he he looks fantastic. Um very solid prospect taking out a guy in uh, Martin Budai who was ranked when this fight was announced, who was on I think maybe I think it was four wins in a row something like that. So, yeah, very excited to see what Gaziev does next. I hope they give him someone ranked if that can be organized because that was a that was a stellar performance. Yeah, absolutely. Um Steve, as somebody who uh, only just watched the Andre Feely knockout, uh, Andre Feely is so much fun to watch every single time. But I was surprised, considering how hard he hits, that he doesn't have many knockouts, especially not lately. Like, that finish is so good that you'd expect him to do it a lot more. Yeah, he hits hard, and he's always in banger fights, so it's a bit surprising. Um, yeah, pulling back the cut, I didn't see the... Um... The early prelims, I have COVID at the minute. So I was like, I'm going to take every moment of sleep I could get. And like, I'm just going to wake up at one o'clock for this card. But um, it kind of feels like I made a mistake. I, I haven't seen that um, fight you just mentioned, the heavyweight fight. So I think that's going to be next to go back and watch it, sounds like. But on Feely, I mean, it's, it's just good to see. He's a guy who's been around for so long. He's still not that old. And he doesn't really have a finish like that to his name. So it's cool to see him find that end. You know, see where he can go next with this. Yeah. Um, closing out the fight pass prelims, you had Takia Ulambekov, who got the submission win against Cody Durden. Um, I, I didn't, there wasn't really a whole lot to talk about. I don't think with this fight, I kind of expected it would go that way and it went that way. Yeah, uh, I like. I think the only thing I could really touch on is that I thought there was kind of some poor refing. Ulambekov had his toes in the cage for a good five minutes of that fight, and uh, all the referee did was warn him. He didn't take position away. He didn't. He didn't do anything. So, bit odd. But uh, yeah, Ulambekov looked solid contender as far as uh, 125 goes. Cody Durden actually, like you know, he was on a, you know, he was on a, a decent enough run coming into this fight. Beat Jake Hadley, which I was very impressed by, but. Yeah, not not really all that surprised. Yeah. Um moving on to the the prelim card, which uh this prelim card was was one of the most fun four fight runs I've watched in quite some time. Um kicking it off with with Ariana Lipsky defeating Casey O'Neill, submitting her in the second round and I was watching it going I, I'm not, I haven't been wrong about Lipsky all this time, have I? I was like, I need to go back and watch those fights because I don't remember being her being anywhere near this good. And then I saw everyone on Twitter being like, Lipsky looks incredible. Like, who would have seen this coming? This kind of career 
I don't know what you would say, second wind maybe that she's been on lately. Uh, and this one is kind of the crowning achievement of that run so far. She looked fantastic against Casey O'Neill. Yeah, um, she I th- she's someone who had potential when she came in from KSW, but hasn't really put it together in the UFC. She's kind of been just a 500 fighter, but now, you know, three three wins in a row, two decisions over JJ Aldrich and Melissa Gatto. Not the greatest wins, but, you know, it, she's on her way up. And then this is just the one that really cements it. Um, Casey O'Neill, I think that's, there's another question mark there. Like, she still hasn't really bounced back from that injury yet. But, you know, huge win for Ariane Lipsky. And, you know, the Queen of Violence is probably going to be in a big fight coming up next year. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, talk about big fights coming next. Cody Garbrandt is is the former <laughs> no-love back because I saw a lot of people being like, oh, that looked like the Cody of old. And I was like, mm, I think we should pump the brakes on that a little bit because remember he knocked out Rafael Sunsell and everyone was like, he's back, maybe. And then he wasn't back. So uh, I was like, Maybe we need to chill out a little bit, but he did look good, and the speed and everything was on point, as you would expect. I feel like from, from Cody at this point. But um, what did you guys make of the performance and uh, and the call out? Because the call out made me go, "Ooh, uh, we might have gone a little bit too far." Yeah, if if you want the Cody all to be back, that isn't the fight to make. No, no, it's not. I I was impressed uh, with with Garbrandt. I thought he just he looked good. He, you know, it, the one thing he's always never deteriorate he's never deteriorated in is his physical attributes aside from his chin like he's always been very quick he's always still had uh you know power in his hands but i think technically he's getting there do you know what i mean and it's it's weird to say for a guy who put on like a, a display of technical excellence against dominic cruz fucking seven years ago now but it feels like his technique is actually getting a bit better um yeah good knockout brutal knockout it looked like he broke Kelleher's jaw when he hit him because like Kelleher went down, got back up, and just decided, nah, fuck that, I'm staying down. <laughs> it's probably the right you know decision. But um in terms of the call out, oh, I don't know about all that. Uh Figueredo looked good against Rob Font. He looked good and uh he is fucking hard, man. Like if he draws Cody into a firefight, we might see the Cody of old in the sense that, you know, Cody's gonna be yeah. unconscious. And with all due respect to Brian Kelleher, there's a difference between looking good against Brian Kelleher and looking good against Rob Front. Yeah, there is. Steve's got to be happy, though. Steve's got to be happy as someone who owns a Cody Garbrandt t-shirt. I I do. I might. Yeah. We've, we've talked about doing a New Year's show, and I may wear that Cody Garbrandt t-shirt for the New Year's show. Just, you know, I've seen this guy fight in America when I've been. It's, I'm a big Cody Garbrandt fan from back in the day. And I was happy with this fight, but... Um, and you mentioned the Dominic Cruz fight. There was a bit of that Dominic Cruz performance in this fight. He was having fun with it, but, you know, remaining a bit more technical with it, which is what you want to see from him. It's an interesting one. Obviously, I don't think the Davison Figueredo fight is the way to go. I think that's pretty clear. I don't think Davison should be fighting that far down either. But, I mean, I think you can start looking at, you know, the top 20 for Cody to see if he is back. I, I think Yanez might be a good fight. Yanez has lost two in a good fight. That is a good fight. It's a good fight. I uh, look. They don't. They don't let me do Matchmaker Monday for nothing, fellas. Right? I'm fucking. I'm great at this. Um. Yeah. I think that's. It's a good fight for Yanez in the sense that Cody has a bit of a reputation of being 
you know, going down when he gets hit by good boxers, and Yanez is a good boxer, but also Yanez has lost his last two. Garbrandt needs a way back into the top 15. I think that's a good yeah. fight to, to kind of throw on either, you know, that. Um, oh, there's a, is it the card in, is it California? Is that where 298 is happening? 298 feels a bit soon. Okay, 299. I think, you, I think you can put that in the 300 prelims, to be honest. Yeah, that's. A, it's, I was going to say 300 initially, but I don't know. Dana is talking about, you know. Oh, that's the first prelim of the night and all that shit. And we're yeah, Bo Nickel, right? Oh, Jesus Christ. Don't even, don't even go there, man. I'm just. You, I'm, mentioned I'm, ma- you mentioned Matchmaker Monday, and I noticed something which I have never really noticed before. UFC on, I think it was the Europe social media account today. They do Matchmaker they, Tuesday. Matchmaker Tuesday. It doesn't roll off the tongue. I get no, what it does. I know like the whole Dana White matchmaker meeting is on Tuesdays. I guess that's where it comes from. It does yeah, not roll it, off the tongue like Matchmaker Monday does. No, it's not Matchmaker Monday, is it? So yeah. no. Um and the other thing I want to comment on from this fight, what is Brian Kelleher's um haircut? No, I was gonna say don't even go calling there. out calling out someone that has the God of War stripe through his hair after beating a guy that has a and this is Kelleher's description, not mine, scarlet. It is is a wild jump. <laughs> like, like that tells you that you need to pump the brakes. Like that the best, a, that's a scary jump. The the best description I heard for, for the haircut, I think it might have been PT on the ringer. Um you know the old school Ronaldo haircut, like Brazilian Ronaldo with just the front? It was the back half. With the back. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah, no, that was shout um to, shout out to PT, he's the man. He is the man. He is the man, to be fair. You know what? Very eager to uh, share his, his prawn crackers. Uh, got jump scared by Mark Goddard at Bellator 299, but brought, brought prawn crackers, shared him out. Pete's the fucking man. So Arnold Allen talks fight at 297. Who was doing an interview with Arnold Allen? Because oh, I didn't I know, didn't, I I didn't know there was one happening. Uh, I spoke to Arnie. Last week, I think, or the week before. There we go. Ple- pleasant surprise, eh? There you go. I didn't even know. Didn't even know that it was dropping today. Um, <laughs> lovely stuff. A, I thought he was in a meeting. <laughs> There's a. I'm so light. I guess. I guess. <laughs> hey, look, the main man Corley can multitask. He may not be here, but he can be in a meeting and upload an interview at the same time. Uh, <laughs> this, this, this is all not going to be relevant by the time. Uh, but I guess, hey, you know, if you want to go check out an interview with Arnold Allen, you can do that. You can do that when this this podcast episode is out. Um, it was a good time. It's a good game. Um, I like that. Not like I mean, he's an Ipswich fan, so especially this weekend, I'm not going to go there. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a fun. It was a fun chat. Um, following along from Cody Garbrandt's knockout, um, one of the best fights of the year. Uh, there was a few times throughout this card where I was like, oh, this is really going to affect. Uh, end of the year lists for all of the the big media companies and this one definitely would have thrown uh, a couple new names into the mix with Irina Aldana and Cal Rosa producing what I think might be a top three women's fight of all time easily easily could be and Mm -hmm. it was a fight that um admittedly I kind of went oh Jesus this is gonna kill the buzz of the card because like Aldana's last fight with Nunes was just a stinker I just did not enjoy that fight at all. Um, so I was thinking, oh, for fuck's sake. So I, I kind of I zoned out a little bit. I went on Twitter. I was reading people's 
yeah, tweets. But I just kept flicking my eyes out because I kept hearing these fucking leg kicks getting bashed in. And I was like, Jesus, you know, it's actually not a half bad fight. And I zoned back in then and they're just knocking the shit out of each other. <laughs> like, oh, it was su- such a good fight and such a good display of, of, of heart from both women as well. It's absolutely terrific fight. How did Aldana keep walking? Her her leg look her leg looked like mincemeat, but fuck it, fair play to her. Yeah, why? Yeah. There's not much, there's not much more to say to that. Obviously, it's you know it's a great fight when you get the hospital picture, <laughs> and we got we got a great hospital picture in this one. But now, nah. um, Aldana always has potential to have bangers, but doesn't seem to do it consistently enough. Like you mentioned with the Nunes fight. Maybe that's just because she was in there with Nunes. But, I mean, Aldana can have fun fights. Yeah, I saw an incredible tweet um, during this fight that was, uh, Irene Aldana's game plan is, I have two legs, but you only have one brain. Um, (laughs) Fantastic. Um, Might be, you know, you hear a lot about people being like, okay, well, if if you're getting uh, torn apart by leg kicks, you need to start throwing something back. And I don't know if there's ever been a better argument for that than Irene Aldana in that fight. You just threw the kitchen sink at her every single time she threw a leg kick. It was incredible. Um, If you had asked me to bet money, will the light heavyweight fight that follows this uh, somewhat live up to that incredible fight? I would have said no. Um, Absolutely not. You're not taking my money. However, Alonso Menafield versus Dustin Jacoby was a really, really fun fight. Um, and I, I, I didn't expect it, to be honest. But uh, I was like, this is crazy that both these fights have been this good. Yeah, I, I thought um, I thought that fight would end in a knockout pretty quickly because Jacoby hits pretty hard and so does Menafield as well. Uh, but they went down a lot. They just didn't, didn't fucking stay down. That was, <laughs> that was it. Um, yeah, that was a fun fight, especially by light heavyweight standards. Um, yeah, Menafield is on a he's on a good run. I think he's unbeaten in his last, it's either his last, uh, his last four or his last five, something like that. Um, yeah, fantastic fighter, and you know what, Jacoby as well. Like he, I feel like he's a little bit underrated. Like he's lost a couple, but um, he always looks pretty good when he fights. So yeah, like a good light heavyweight fight. I'm always happy to see. Yeah, there's yeah. not enough of them, but um. This is this is one you could you could point at and see, like it could be a banger, and it was, like you say, I expected the finish. I expected um, probably Menafield to get the finish, but I mean both of them, they both dropped each other. They both, they both just kept hitting each other, and it was a great fight. Yeah, it was great stuff. Um, <laughs> the the transition from that into the first fight of the main card. Um, we couldn't be further away from talking about people getting hit and getting back up um, because Josh Emmett uh, is a scary, scary individual. And uh, I, I, when they announced that Bryce Mitchell would be stepping up on short notice, I was like, oh, that, that's not good for Bryce Mitchell. That's not a fun matchup. Um, however, I didn't expect to see him get absolutely flatlined um, in that fashion. Um, at least that early. I thought maybe it would happen later on, but because you know that Josh Emmett's capable of it. But my God, uh, Josh Emmett, when do we start talking about him as having one of the best knockout highlight reels of anyone in the UFC? Because he's got some, he's got some all-time contenders. A hundred percent. I think now, now is when we have to have to start having that conversation. <laughs> it took him 
nearly killing Bryce Mitchell for people to finally give him some respect. Because he, you know, he was fighting for the fucking interim title earlier this year, and everyone was still like, oh, I don't know, he's a bit weird, and you know, he's got a couple of robberies, and you know, is he really that good? Yeah, he's pretty good. He hits people, and they just don't get back up. He's got like the knockout against Lamas, which was that was brutal. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. Michael Johnson, and now fucking Bryce Mitchell as well. Like he's, ah, oh, he's so scary, and. As as a uh, as as horrible as it was to see someone like shaking on the ground, it was pretty funny at the press conference when Emmett said like, "Oh, I found a hard to to celebrate after that," and I was like, "You screamed at him and then did a backflip." <laughs> <laughs> like, this is a this is like a, a Michael Chandler versus Tony Ferguson thing where Chandler is you know he just keeps doing backflip after backflip and no one knows if Tony's gonna wake up. This is just yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's like this was this one is, of um, this is a, a few moments. Was... Reference, right? But that's like saying that Adebayor found it difficult to celebrate against <laughs> all of the teams that he ran the pitch to celebrate in front of the away fans. Like that is that is one of the craziest statements you can possibly make. That is wild. That's like saying Justin Gaethje where he does a backflip. I didn't want to celebrate. <laughs> I felt bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, 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 I mean, like Josh Emmett. He's, uh, he's cool, and he only has losses to pretty good fighters, uh, with the exception like, of Jeremy Stevens. Yeah, it's like, his last two fights, he kind of got smashed by Yair and Ilya, and I guess people kind of thought, like, oh, he's a bit old, he's kind of done now. No, those two are just really good. Hoshima <laughs> <laughs> is still a legit fighter, and he yeah. kind of proves that here. One of many moments this weekend when I kind of thought, what the fuck are we doing here? When... You've got DC yelling, he's having a seizure, he's having a seizure. <laughs> and then the, the producers first thought, let's get the camera on there. Let's show it. Let's get the camera right on the man shaking on the floor. And I was it's like, just, it, was just, it was so so bad. Like you'd hear Rogan and DC being like, oh man, he's he's like convulsing, he's having a seizure. This is really bad. And it cuts to like an overhead shot where you can see Emmett in the background still celebrating. Where you can see Mitchell just like down the ground. It's so bad. Yeah. See, and mean, then and then to watch Bryce walk around the cage. Kind of... Yeah, yeah, Karen. Now in normal sports when this happens, the camera goes like uh, to a wide shot. <laughs> Not yeah. the UFC. They focus on that shit. <laughs> Put the camera right on that shit. If they had, had if they had ref cam, we would have got ref cam <laughs> in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> but then yeah, the, the, thing that I found, the thing that I found frustrating is okay, you show it, but then just like go away. We don't like let us know Bryce is like up and okay and stuff. That's fine. But I don't need to watch him hobbling around speaking to people for like the next minute with Joe Rogan just shouting that he's not okay <laughs> and needs to sit down. It's like, <laughs> what is happening right now? What are we doing? Well, oh, do you I mean... want that or do you want to go back to watching Josh Emmett do more backflips? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. It was it was it was it was horrible though that they wouldn't give him a fucking stool that they wouldn't let him sit down because he was so so badly out of it. As as much as we joke about it, I I was like, what the one of the reasons it was so frustrating to watch is I was like the guy the guy just got knocked out in one of the worst KOs of the year. What is he doing walking around talking to people? Like what are you doing? He spoke to Dana and Dana didn't I was like sit him down. <laughs> oh. Especially oh. when it comes to Bryce as well. Like 
Bryce is not the he's, you know he's not the sharpest spoon in the fork drawer if you know what I mean like he's just not you know I feel like if he's really badly concussed and he's getting up and he's wobbling around he might start a fight just just go with the analogy all right <laughs> Just go with it, right? Oh. Um, <laughs> I feel like we could almost do we could almost do a whole podcast on just the the various shenanigans that happened during this card, but maybe we'll get to a few of them at the end because um, most of them happened towards the end, I think. Anyway, um, I wonder what Trump thought of that knockout. He, he he reckons he could do better. No one does knockouts <laughs> like him. No. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I want to have the Trump conversation at some point. Like, this guy is getting the same entrance at the same point of the show. It's like a thing now. Yeah. End of the prelims, you get the Trump walkout, American Badass is playing. Him and Kid Rock. It's always him and Kid Rock. <laughs> him, him walking out with Kid Rock, I thought was hilarious. I was, just, like, I was just like, America never fails to amaze me. And apparently Mario Lopez playing the role of Tucker Carlson this time. Oh, fucking, like... Honestly, that time, it, it, what was it? Dana, Tucker Carlson, Donald Trump, and Kid Rock walked out. I just, I really thought about giving up on the sport. Like that is, that's a that's like the nightmare fucking blunt rotation right there. That's <laughs> abysmal to be putting on the broadcast as well. But yeah, it's a, it's a part of the show now. I know it's a whole thing. Also, if we may just touch on this briefly before we get back to the fights, Sean Strickland went up one spot in the pound for pound rankings. Yes, today yes, he did. After his uh, after his win over Drickus Duplessis in the crowd, yeah. he over he overtook Sean O'Malley, which makes me think that Sean should have got into it with Cheeto. Yeah, they were both there. They were both there too. They were pretty close to each other, from what I understand. <sighs> no, obviously, no, they weren't fucking beside each other though. They weren't behind and in front of one another. Because no, they they did not have a wall of Gilbert Burns' children between them. <laughs> <sighs> like Dana sits there and he's like, "Oh, what kind of a fucking idiot was I doing that?" No, genuinely, what were you thinking? Putting those two beside you, Sean is just a liability. He's a, he's a, like, no, except no, no, for no, when no. he's in the cage, he's one of the most violent people I think I've come across in the sport. Like when he's in the cage, all he does is fucking you know like jab and move forward. But like, he's just he's just a nightmare. <laughs> and then Drickus as well. Like, God love him again. I, you know, I could go back to the same analogy I used about Bryce. Like, do you know what I mean? He's just not, he's not all there, really. Please don't. No, I won't. But, <laughs> you know, he was lacking oxygen to his brain for so long. You know, I mean, he's, he might be a bit deprived up there. That's all. So, I don't know. Like, I love how uh, no, one of my favorite. Things? One of my favorite things to talk about this year was was Strickland and the Philly Shell debacle with the, with the Adesanya win only for him to uh, I can't, watching it back I still find it hilarious, only for him to launch himself at Drikas Duplessis and hit him over the head like a WWE wrestler <laughs> face a fight. like that is if you were trying to make it look like you hate a person, that is what you would do in a wrestling ring it was um, every so, WWE pull apart ball I've ever seen yeah literally right 
Even oh, with like, yeah, that, you know, that, the security yeah. holding awesome. them back. Oh no, one guy got free and he's gone. <laughs> he's got, oh, he's... and he's jumping over the top. <laughs> <laughs> incredible, absolutely incredible. And those nah, two guys um, are fighting for the middleweight title. I love it. Nah, but I mean, Dana says like, "What was I thinking?" We know what he was thinking. They promoted yeah. it on the pay per view. It was yeah. the main event of the pay per view. Stay <laughs> tuned so you could see the footage. Do you know what that was? Can we can we call that post limbs? So, like it was a fight after the It was a Bellator post limb. Yeah, eat sleep. Bellator post limbs. However, the 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 initial clip I thought was absolutely hilarious of when they show Drikus and then it just slowly pans out and Sean just like appears. It was like <laughs> it's like the clip. It's like the clip Steve where Undertaker appears behind AJ but in like reverse. <laughs> yeah. Just like Strickland just like emerged like I am here too. I mean, like a genie. They... They do that on every show, I feel like, but not two guys that are fighting for no. the next month. And I mean, just said some pretty horrible things about each other the day before. I know, like it, yeah. this, like the entire week was just a shitstorm between the press conference, like the the seasonal press conference for next year, and then the press conference for two ninety six, and then the fight, and then just Colby in general. Do you know what I mean? Like, everywhere he goes is a shitstorm, so... This is the week that made me think, like, what am I doing covering these people? Yeah. It's just... I don't know. I was gonna I was gonna post, like, a don't make me tap the sign thing after Strickland at the press <laughs> conference, but I, I opted against it, and I just didn't tweet anything about it. I was like, I'm not doing this shit again. This was... Just, that was a fucking nightmare last time. Yeah. Um... <laughs> To go from that absolute chaos to uh, to, to quite a uh, an unchaotic fight in Paddy Pimblett versus Tony Ferguson, it was like watching it was like I guess this is just this is just the MMA world now where uh, it isn't even a close fight between Paddy Pimblett and Tony Ferguson. Um, I, I I don't really know what else there is to say uh, from us about Tony at this point. I feel like. Um, there has been some kind of excuse you could use in the past, even if it was just the caliber of opponents he was losing to. And I thought to give Paddy his moment, I thought he, he did look improved in this fight from the last time that we saw him. But, uh, you know, I, Paddy knew himself that he was in a lose-lose. People were always going to talk about how Tony looked over how he looked. And I just thought uh, Tony looked um, somehow... Uh, slower than he did against Bobby Green. Like he looked worse on the feet in this fight than he did against Bobby Green, who I would say, you know, most people agree is a better striker than Patty. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, if, yeah, it was. It was sad to watch, honestly, because uh, Patty gassed out really hard in the third round, and it kind of looked like this might be a chance for Tony. He might come back. You know, he might might get on the inside, might hit him with something, and he just. <laughs> fell apart and he couldn't do anything off his back against Paddy. Like this is a guy at one time it was like, oh man, you know, Habib might get him down, but Tony's dangerous off his back. And you know, now he can out wrestle fucking Paddy Pimlet. Um uh, Paddy did look a little better to be honest, but I think the fact that I, mean, it's, it, I think it's the best Paddy has looked in the UFC. Not that that's like a particularly high bar or anything. But... No, it's not. But yeah, yeah I, mean, probably I, think, is... I think it was. Yeah, it's I probably his striking best. Striking looked a bit sharper, and we haven't really seen a whole lot of his ground game 
like we've seen his submission game a little bit, but not, yeah. not a whole lot of his ground game. So yeah, yeah, I don't. He didn't. Agree. He didn't get. He didn't get hit as much as he had in the previous fights. Albeit that's probably more on Tony than you know him. Uh, still, yeah. like I'd say, in terms of his overall performance, I say it's probably Paddy's best showing. But yeah, I'm still not, still not on the on the uh, on the Paddy train. Sadly, I think. I mean, yeah. everyone in the top fifteen and a lot of people outside of it would uh, would still rinse him pretty quickly. In terms of Tony, if he retires, I'll be very happy. But yeah. I'm going to throw this one out here. Tony Ferguson versus Jim Miller, um, UFC 300 prelims. Don't hate it. No. I don't hate that, yeah. That's, that's winner, re- sorry, loser retires, winner also retires. <laughs> Alternatively, Clay Guida is a guy you can put Ferguson in with. This is what we're looking at now if he wants to fight. Oh, I don't know, because I feel like there should only be one kind of a legend spot on 300 and i think it has to go to Miller. I'm, I'm not, oh I'm, I'm not saying 300 i mean oh, okay yeah no ferguson versus guida is, is not bad i think if they do it on 300 though i think the only kind of have they fought before they must have fought before no i don't think so no i think yeah that, 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 that makes sense to do um i don't know i think in terms of 300 the only kind of older fighter i want to see on it is miller and honestly they could do it against anyone but i think ferguson would be like it's a decent name even if they did fucking Miller and Paddy, for God's sake, like that'd be that'll be all right. Miller I want to see Miller fight another vet than like one of these weird Jim Miller versus the prospect fights. Yeah, because they've done those. Yeah. They've done that for like his last ten fights. Yeah, they, they seldom give him anyone who's like kind of in his uh in his age range or anything. You Miller and Guido again for like a. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. If it, it feels like if <laughs> I mean, they're any other card, right? like, I mean, I'm no, just it's but... like yeah. yeah. I mean, so matchmaker, where do you go with Paddy on this one? Oh, I had something in mind, but I don't remember what it is. I think maybe oh, Bobby Green, maybe. Like it's a top fifteen guy. I mean, Bobby Green, Bobby Green, probably going to be out a while. He's probably going to be out a while. That's true. After the referee tried to kill him that time. Um, yeah, that's that's fair. If we never see Bobby Green fight again. You know, as, as long as he's healthy. Um, outside of that, who do you do? Like, Frivola is still there, but I think Paddy only wanted the Frivola fight because Frivola was in the top 15. Um, Dober. I think Dober might be a step too high. Oh, it's definitely a step too high. Yeah, but okay. I think it's a step too high to justify making that matchup. Okay. I think everyone I've named is a step too high. Are you looking, what are you looking at? Are you looking at the kind of top 20, do you think? Uh, yeah, some, something like that, because you have to at this point. Yeah, you have to. I think you can't keep... He's on like a five-fight win streak now. You can't keep giving him lower-level opponents. It, it actually pains me to say Tony Ferguson is a low-level low fighter now. But, yeah, I don't know. Even like a Grant Dawson or someone who was in the top 15... He was in the top 10 recently, but still not like... That much that's of a thing. That, that's not going well for Paddy. No, it's not. Um, I was going to say, I was going to say Graham. What's he like? Two and two in the UFC now, or something? A really good fighter, though. Yeah, really. Yeah, no. You see what I'm trying to do here? <laughs> yeah. Um, I do like that Paddy is trying to befriend. Benoit Saint Denis, so he doesn't have to. Yeah, fight him. so he don't have to fight him. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I wouldn't want to fight that fucker either. He's uh nah, that's, that's... he's he's fucking dangerous, man. Um oh sorry, Dober and Moicano are already matched up. So that that takes the two of them off. Um, the loser of that versus Paddy. It depends on when Paddy wants yeah. to come back. I wouldn't be surprised if they put him on three hundred. Uh, he said or... he doesn't want to fight on three hundred. Because oh, okay. uh, he, he, I think he's, I think he's planning on being back middle of the year. I would imagine. The yeah, he'll, he'll, show, be, right? he'll be on that Manchester Cup, then, won't he? But I yeah. think because of uh, because of his, his his twins being born. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know. Obviously, the rumors are the Manchester in the summer. I think that makes a lot of sense. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, just saying, just well, saying. Before time. Dana said that, I texted that into the chat. You did. I, I said Manchester. So, you know, um, fucking hunchback and not or that. No, what's the <laughs> the person? The per- predictions. Person who gets predictions right. Nostradamus. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite the jump. <laughs> 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 I, I was like I had the right syllables. Yeah. I had you know I had a few of the right sounds in mind. But yeah. It was close, yeah. I guess, in, in some ways, yeah. Um I'll tell you what wasn't close. Shavkat Rachmanov beating Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. And for a while, I really convinced myself that it was gonna be a really close fight because I just thought Shavkat ain't that guy. He ain't gonna be that Chemayev shoot a double from the off kind of guy. And then as we know now, he had a bit of an injury going into this fight and so didn't want to strike and um played into his grappling. And obviously it was the smart thing to do because that was what everyone knew would happen. Um, but you know, at the same time. First guy to submit Wonderboy, which is pretty incredible considering, you know, he's been dominated by grapplers in the past and they've never been able to get him out of there. Um, and he got it done the second round after a very strange first round. But I was like, is this going to be the whole fight? I really hope not. But like I said, got the submission, got the statement win. Uh, I don't know if it's enough to leapfrog Bilal, to be honest. No, no. it shouldn't be. No. I think if he beat him in a striking contest, the UFC might go, hmm, yeah, might be the guy. I just think that that was kind of a tepid kind of performance that was a bit odd. Um, I still yeah. don't think it was that bad. I didn't think, you know, while I was watching, I was like, oh, this is a bit, I don't know. I kind of I was kind of thinking, oh, I expected this to be a little more high paced, but that was about that. Um, yeah, also, people saying Shavkat is boring now, yeah, it's it, ridiculous. 18 wins, 18 finishes, but he has one kind of a shit round, and all of a sudden he's boring. Like Bilal Muhammad exists. It wasn't even that bad about. If you want, to, if you want to shit on a welterweight title contender for being boring, we have Bilal, right? And I like Bilal. Who's, who's okay, no, Colby? Oh, Colby is. Yeah, he's not a title contender anymore, though. Nah, I know. No, I know. I know. He's not a contender. Straight out, can he just retire? I there's no. We've no need for him anymore. I mean, I, if, uh, if Shavkat, if Shavkat's not getting the title fight next, that's the fight. And I'm like. Shavkat and Colby. I think Shavkat deserves someone better. If Usman comes back down to 170, I think you do Usman versus Shavkat. You can Usman, Chimaev, and Shavkat back to back. Yeah. Look, to be fair, you could have you could have Kamaru Usman on a four fight losing streak to Leon Edwards, Chimaev, and Shavkat. How that is that is is as brutal as it gets. Yeah. I saw someone saying the other day that Usman is a—he's the best fighter in the UFC that's on a three-fight losing streak. 
probably. Yeah. Yeah. He is, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine <laughs> so. If they, that's a, someone I can't think of that's obvious, but yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. That's that's what I go. I don't think you give Shafkat a title shot over Bilal. If Bilal is out yeah. or he's, you know, like he's not able for whatever, I guess you can do Shafkat, but yeah, look, I know look, for a lot of people it's just gonna be a case of oh fuck it, just give Bilal a title shot and then be done with it. I might be one of those people where it's just a case of like, can we just yeah, we'll give him the title shot and then win or loss, it's over. There's no more begging for a title shot. It's, and then corny. Have it's it's cringy. It is. I'm not see, I actually yeah, like yeah, Bilal. Yeah, this is video. I so like Bilal. Cool. Yeah, like Bilal's all right. I don't I don't hate him. It's just I don't particularly enjoy watching a lot of his fights. Um some of his social media antics are just it, it you know it's it's the social equivalent of like you're just biting a lemon. Do you know what I mean? It's just you just don't enjoy it. It's kind of I mean his new thing is like the movie clips with like his face and Leon's face on. <sighs> oh, he posted a Terminator clip to which at which point someone in the comments reminded him the Terminator died at the end of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. That uh, was that was Kyle's old. We we all know how much he hates Bilal. <laughs> I I think that uh I think that Bilal has done uh more than enough to, to earn the title shot when you look at the people he has beat. Um so I, I think he has to be next. I think the uh, I think Shavkat probably needs to fight again because you have there's an argument for if Gilbert beats uh Jack Della Madalena that he could be next over Shavkat, I think maybe because when you look at the people that Gilbert's fought as of late, so I think Shavkat will probably need to fight again. Uh, who knows when Leon? You're probably looking at Leon versus Balau in the summer, so I think Shavkat will probably fight again before the title shot comes his way. Otherwise, he's going to be waiting a long time. And uh, we saw in the main event what waiting a long time can do to you. So um, yeah. Uh, which is fine by me because I, I thought that this performance was like pretty good by Shavkat, but like like you said, Jake, it was very much like it happened, and then I was like, okay, on to the next one. Like, yeah. I'll see what's Shavka next. Shavkat Shavka Shavka always looks really good, but there's always like it's like a, there's a moment like the first round here wasn't great. In the Jeff Neal fight, he got caught. There's always yeah. like hmm. there's always something that can put a bit of doubt in you. I think. Yeah, he has some. He has some flaws. Admittedly, and that, look, that's what makes him exciting. That's what makes him a, a prospect. You know, you think, you know, like obviously he could fucking run through people, but also there's a chance he might get caught. And I think in terms of him getting a title shot, it's not a case of like, oh, I don't know if Shavkat is up to the challenge. Like he obviously is. He's really fucking good. It's just a case of earning it. Because are we really giving him a title shot over wins over Jeff Neal and Wonderboy? You know what I mean? Like when you look at it that way, like as as good as the finishes were, and as impressive as he is as a fighter, I think he just he needs one more. Um, even if it's not against someone highly ranked, I think just another one, and then that's kind of his uh, his case. I also think yeah. there's another man who might is more likely to get a title shot off of a win over Jeff Neal coming up in the next few months. Shadow Gary. Yeah. Uh, Poor guy, if honestly. He, he's he's, he's had it tough yeah. recently. Um, you know, everything was coming up roses and then uh then it stopped coming up roses and look. Does he have pneumonia? Probably. Does he definitely have pneumonia? I don't know. Maybe it was all a bit much. I don't know. I haven't spoken to him. Uh, it's just uh 
let's just hope he beats Jeff Neal. I mean, if he, if he beats Jeff Neal impressively, you could see him jumping Bilal, couldn't you? I don't I know about see... jumping Bilal. I think he could jump Shavkat story... to story? be the next guy after Bilal, but I don't think he could jump Bilal. I reckon if Colby Covington beat Brian Barberina tomorrow, <laughs> he could jump Bilal. And that's the truth. I think the UFC really don't like him. Oh, well, um, Brian Barberina taking the choice. Yeah, <laughs> I actually didn't mean to do that. I really like Brian but like he's. Uh... <laughs> yeah. It was it was a good it was a good, it was a good pick to illustrate your point because I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it it works it works. Um, co-main event. He could go title. down to lightweight, beat Alex Hernandez, and then get a title shot. Oh, no, no. Uh, we can't rope him into don't, don't bring him in, alright? I've made my peace with him. He's okay. <laughs> um, The flyweight title fight, Alexandre Pantoja defending the flyweight title against Brandon Ruival. Um, His grappling was the, the story of this fight. Um, I, I suppose kind of like the first fight against Ruival, but not really. That was you know more of an opportunistic submission and and this one it was more about his grappling control and just stopping the the pace and output of Roy Val. Um I thought that even though he looked good late on, I was a little bit disappointed with Roy Val. I I, I felt mm. like he was gonna put it on him a lot earlier. And when he did he was having success. But I, I it it felt like too much of a ticking clock at that point by the time he really started to take over. Um so I, but I thought it was a very, very smart performance from Pantoja. He seems seems to have this incredible ability. He did it against Moreno as well. To when when you're like, oh, he's done. That's when he gets the takedown. Like he's, it's like it's like scoring before halftime, like right at the end of of the half. He, he's so good at that, at pulling it, pulling it out of the bag when you need it the most, and just changing the tempo of the rest of the round. It's crazy. <laughs> I honestly zoned out of this fight, so I'm not gonna have to <laughs> all right, fair enough, fair enough. I was I was waiting for I was waiting for Steve to try Um no I, I, mean, I enjoyed I mean, Pantoja, Pantoja looked dominant, but I I I honestly it was, a I fun, it was a fun fight to watch, like yeah. especially those last couple of rounds, but yeah, yeah, yeah I it. saw a lot of negative feedback on the fight, and again, people saying Pantoja is boring and, and that kind of thing, and you know, like Pantoja said, like I'm sorry the fight was boring. I was like, man, that was a that was a good fight. It was. It was. It was a. It was a good fight, and uh, I think Roy Val's stock went up because even though he he didn't get the win, and yeah, you know he he could have performed better. I think he did perform quite well. I think the exchanges in probably the last two rounds of the striking exchanges, he was he looked really good in. And I think he's proven that he is another. He's an elite contender who probably will fight for the belt again someday. Um, it was. Just, I just think it was a. It was a case of better game plan from Pantoja. He was able to mix his striking and his grappling well. He's got an ungodly chin. Like, he took some massive shots from Roy Val, like knees and stuff that most of the flyweights go down. So, yeah, I, I think overall, good performance from Pantoja, but also a pretty decent showing from Roy Val. Um, we're going to end up getting another Brandon Moreno fucking title fight if uh, if he beats Albazi, which I'm not looking forward to because... Just give it a rest, man. 
honestly. It's, it's crazy. I saw, saw a tweet about this the other day. I was going to ask you guys, uh, like, now that he's beaten Roy Val and defended the title for the first time, who who is the biggest threat to Pantoja right now? And I think most people would say it's Brandon Moreno, despite the fact Pantoja's beaten him three times in a row. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's like the Holloway Volk thing all over again, where I'm like, I have no evidence to suggest why Brandon Moreno can beat him, and yet I still think he has the best chance of anyone. Like, I don't, I don't know who right now in the flyweight division can beat Pantoja. I thought that Brandon Royval had a really good shot, and he just couldn't compete with him in the grappling. Yeah. It's crazy. Like Royval is known for being so difficult to pin down and so good at scrambling, and Pantoja was just able to keep him down so much of the fight. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't even think it's a case of. Um who can beat Pantoja. I think it's the case of who's going to fight Pantoja at this point, because there's not a whole lot of contenders sticking out at 125. You've got Muhammad Mikhaev, who might actually be like 35 years old. We don't know. Um, you know, like um, there's Albazi, but there's not a lot of hype around him anymore after that fight with Cara France. Obviously, if he beats Moreno, he's, he's going to I think that's, that's the problem with Albazi is, is, again, the Holloway thing, where you're like, yeah, he's an exciting guy, but is he good enough to beat Brandon Moreno? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. Um, if Moreno wins, you can't give him another title shot. You can't. They will. Just... They will. Oh, they will, but you can't. <laughs> who, like, who else is there at Flyweight right now? There's a lot of prospects. There's a lot of guys in that kind of that next level down. Obviously, you got yeah. But you got unless, fight. like, if Mikhaev wins, let's say Moreno beats Albazi, which means there's a good chance we get another Moreno title fight. But let's say we, they don't give him one. If Mikhaev then beats Perez, do you just throw him straight into a title shot? There's I not really anyone it. else. I think he'd get Where's it. Yeah. Perez ranked? Seven or eight, eight, something like that. Ooh, okay. Mokayev's eight because I looked earlier. Um, yeah, okay. uh, Perez isn't that much higher. Jake, are you ready? <laughs> yeah, he must be. <laughs> he must be like six or seven. So uh, I, I reckon, I reckon that would do it. To be honest, I think he would get the shot. Yeah, there's not, there's not a whole lot of guys. I mean, I think Mokayev would need a top five win to get a shot. But I mean, like you say, not a flyweight. If he's. Mm. He's 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 probably the most he's probably the biggest name guy there. To be fair. Again, the, the the problem is though you're looking at Moreno and Pantoja have beaten so many of the guys between them, and I yeah. think that even though I could see it happening, I think Moreno probably needs two wins in order to get another shot. It, again, no. the Holloway thing: beat beat two top contenders, and then we go from there, and we'll see what happens. Um, I think you need to have Moreno. Kind of needs to. I mean, the problem you just said is that he's beaten too many guys, but. Put him in with one of these newer guys. Yeah. Well, he's got Amir Al Bazi. Yeah. It'd be a good time for Kaikara France to be off a win because that would be fun. But yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, we get him versus Cap next year. I still really want to see that fight. Yeah. Cap's another guy who's right on that press. Cap as well. Yeah. He's got Mateus Nicolau next. Nicolau is kind of hovering in the the top five. So I think Cap could also get a title shot. Yeah, yeah, very true. When is that fight already being booked? Because the winner is early, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. First guy back. I mean, if Cap wins well, he could get that shot. Especially, I I feel like if Moreno takes some damage against Albazi, then I feel like they rebook. I mean, the Cap fights earlier as well. 
I feel yeah. like they reboot the Cara France fight for a main event, and then if Albazi wins, but if Albazi if Albazi doesn't win, if Moreno beats Albazi, then yeah. Cap's probably got the best shout of anyone, I would say. I mean, yeah. Moreno realistically does, but in terms of ones that I actually want to see right now, uh, I think that one makes the most sense. Um, where to where to begin with a man that learned to wrestle in Birmingham out wrestling Colby Covington? Um, what a crazy, crazy world that we live in. Um, considering after everything that happened on fight week where people were talking about is Leon rattled uh, as Colby got to him and then to watch him go out there and be so calm and confident that he's yeah. like, I'm going to wrestle you for the last round just to see what happens. And just to, just to, just to prove a point to everybody that I can grapple. Uh, and also just to, just to tick that off my ego that I've out grappled you and Kamaru Usman in the same year. Uh, Liam Rocky Edwards, uh, absolutely phenomenal. I know that Colby fought a weird fight, definitely, um, but I I think that that was... I, I've never seen Colby freeze up before, so as I know that he's had time off, but given the way he was on fight week, it seemed like the usual Colby. Um, I, I, I definitely feel like like we had this debate with Strickland and Nizzy, uh, like how how much is it one way or the other? I definitely feel like it's way more towards Leon being exceptional and way levels and levels above Colby than necessarily Colby being bad. But I do think Colby looked slow. But again, he's never fought someone nearly as fast or as good at striking as Leon Edwards. So now Colby's always been slow, but like that just. <laughs> Came out even more, especially on the feet. I mean, Colby is not a good striker. He doesn't have power. He's not quick. So no, Leon, he you know, he, he's Leon got really, he's got really ugly technique. Like there, it, I said earlier this year that it would be one of the biggest surprises of the year, probably the biggest surprise of the year, if Colby beat Leon. And you lot told me, oh, I don't know, Colby's got a chance. Colby has no chance. He never had a chance. Right? I would, I would die by that. But he still managed to look even more shit than I thought he would. Like he was, he was just I mean, yeah. Because he, he didn't do anything. He looked I mean, really Colby, old. His, his biggest skill is his pressure, right? I think he didn't. He didn't go forward for two rounds. Exactly. Exactly. I was surprised because... in the fight week. Um, Leon and his well, Leon's team specifically spoke about how this would be a different Leon Edwards. He was going to push the pace. He was going to be aggressive. And I was like, okay, yeah, that, that's. You know that makes a lot of sense. You don't want to get backed up by Colby because he will just he will just throw sloppy combinations if it means closing the distance. He doesn't really care if he hits you with it or not. Like that makes sense. But I was surprised that considering how open Leon's team were about that, that they were going to push him against the cage. There was no, there didn't seem to be any plan B. Maybe there was a plan B that went out the window as soon as he saw how fast Leon was compared to him, but. It, yeah, it, I've I on one hand I I don't agree with the whole why didn't Colby just roll the dice because he, he couldn't even hit him he couldn't lay a glove on him yeah. so what yeah. is he gonna do just charge at him but at the same time it really felt like there was no there was no plan B he never expected Leon to walk him down and Leon said he would do it. So I was just like, that was where the confusion was for me. And I think that's why Leon was thrown off. Because he was like, I told you I was yeah. going to do this. And you don't no, have an Colby, Colby wasn't paying attention. That's why he was too busy thanking the, you know, thanking the troops and thanking the first responders for all that they do. Like, oh, 
my God, he's just. Oh, I don't think it was a ring roast thing either. I don't think it was a ring roast thing. I think it was just Leon was really good and Kobe was really not good on the night. Um, he looked in awe of Leon's power, or of not Leon's power, Leon's speed rather. Yeah. I feel like Leon was dinging him with shots and with leg kicks, and then every time Kobe went to, you know, go to respond, Leon was already fucking gone. Do you know what I mean? And he was cutting the cage really well. His wrestling, like Leon Magum Edwards, you know, like he he was looking, he looked fantastic. Um, I think there there was honestly an argument for a fifty forty five. I think the uh, the reverse triangle that he got in the fifth probably outweighed all the fucking hip strikes that Colby threw. So, yeah, I was impressed. And again, I didn't think it was that bad of a fight. I was pretty entertained all the way through because Leon was dinging him. It was it was a even it was a tense fight because I was looking at it going, surely Colby has something else that he's going to defer to like defer to in the later rounds, and then he didn't. But I was still tense because I was like, you know, you never know, right? And Leon was so calm and confident that you just worry that maybe he'll switch off too much, right? We've yeah, yeah. Seen it happen before, and, and, I, and uh, I I mentioned I said something like that in the group chat, like Leon, he just needs to keep it simple. Like yeah. he was, do- he was doing too much on the ground and putting himself in dangerous. Positions. I, I kind of loved it though. Just yeah, just, we're going yeah, to, go. kind of I, I, yeah. Thing. <laughs> to be that calm and to, to be like, I'm just going to start trying things. Like <laughs> that's yeah. crazy. That I so mean, I crazy. feel like Colby realized pretty quickly that he couldn't do a whole lot in this fight. No. Yeah, he shot one sloppy takedown at the start of the third, and it did fuck all. And I think at that point he was like, okay, I'm going to shoot for one takedown per round now. And if I get it, great. If I don't, well, shit. Um, then Leon took him down. That Leon took him down. That takedown where he got him down and Leon got straight back up and then shot a takedown on him. <laughs> I, I cheered best like moment it was of the a fight. Royal Rumble return. Like, best best I, moment of the fight. Absolutely was almost, incredible. Um, I tweeted this, but there was almost a bit of John Jones in that confidence that Leon yeah. showed. Yeah. In that, you yeah. know... Oh, you're a wrestler. I'm gonna take you down. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I'm I'm glad to see, and I'm glad to see that Leon is is doing that because I think there was a there was kind of a stigma around Leon for a while that he was, you know, a little too reserved at times, and maybe he kept it a little too simple, and you know, it was just kind of you know knocking the shit out of people with one twos and jabs and like he's he's just going through the motions and getting the job done because he's really good. Yeah. He did that. He did that again, though, right? Like, I don't yeah. think he ever really got out of second gear. But I he think it was to. because he didn't know what Colby was doing. And yeah. also, I think the thing that tips it from people feeling like he's not doing enough to people feeling like, oh, he's just that good that he doesn't need to is like Steve said that John Jones thing, where I feel like this fight brought the brought the ego out of him a little bit, where he was like, mm. I don't want to just kickbox you for five rounds. I want to prove that I'm just better in every area. And so people go, yeah. oh no, he's just he's just cruising. Like he's not it's not that he's being super safe. He's just so confident that he doesn't need to do anything else to win this fight. Like to be fair though, it was Colby's easiest fight. He didn't have a scratch on him. Um thanks to Donald Trump, thanks to all the first responders and all the troops for giving America their freedom. Um, you're booed. Do you know how bad the performance you have to have to be booed while saying that in like a total Trump crowd? I uh, know. Oh, he stinks so bad. This crowd, this crowd might as well have been like a Trump rally. Half of these people were there on January 6th and he got booed. <laughs> and then when he's like mid speech and it shows Trump leaving, Trump leaving. <laughs> incredible. It injected it into my veins. 
like they cut to him once and he was kind of like oh, okay and for the rest of his speech you can just get the video from the crowd of him just leaving <laughs> amazing um, so, yeah. amazing uh, uh colby please retire i don't want to watch you fight anymore you, I, you stink, I maybe maybe so i'm an idiot for thinking this but i really thought colby's probably going to leave without saying anything and we won't hear from him for a while and stuff like that nope Straight, straight on it. Calling the crowd bums, saying he wants to fight Wonder Boy. I just, I just. Oh yeah, Wonder Boy was talking shit, bro. See that? Wonder Boy was talking shit. Colby called him a pedo at the press conference, and now he decided that he has beef. Yeah. What uh, we just do without him? To steal a wrestler phrase, he killed the town. Like he just needs to go. Like yeah. the people don't want to see him anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Which worries me because you know the UFC and the WWE are linked now, and I don't want him on WWE either. He might go to WWE to be fair. Now that you said it, yeah. Oh wow, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's done yeah, stuff definitely. with um with a uh, AEW before, hasn't he? Nah, Impact. No, he was one of. Oh, the... was Impact. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I saw him at an Impact show. I was in Florida. I went to an Impact show just because, like, I was in Universal Studios. And it was around the time that Bobby Lashley was doing the whole American Top Team thing. Dan Lambert was there. Colby Covington was there. Glayson T. Powell was there. Wow. <laughs> and like, Col this was before, this was pre-gimmick Colby. And like, but yeah. he was enjoying being a heel. You could see. That's where he got uh, the gimmick. That's the whole, that's where his gimmick started. He, he reckoned he was like a half good heel in pro wrestling. And then he tried to bring it to MMA. But he forgot that to be a heel, you have to make people root for you know, the face. But no one does that with Colby. Like, most of the people Colby fight, everyone dislikes anyway. They just think Colby's a wanker. Like, that's, <laughs> not, that's not being a good heel. And like, then it got to the point when, you know, he worked himself into a shoot to borrow a yeah. phrase from the Hulkster. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, with... And it's like, he went, he took it too far that it became him. <sighs> He's just, yeah. At the start, I can buy it was a gimmick, but not now. No, no. he's just a dick. He's just a oh, but man, he didn't he didn't he like talk to that kid that one time and told him to you know keep training and be a good friend. And and he's still a dick. Like, are we doing this with Connor <laughs> now as well? It's like oh, Connor gives money to charity. Yeah, that's great for him, but he's also a dick. Dicks aren't dicks to everyone they meet. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Just in the case of Colby and Connor, it's a it's a hell of a lot of people that they meet. But yeah, that's yeah. True. Um, I think that'll do it for the card. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to to speak to you guys about, um, what happened then? Uh, I think my Wi-Fi just went weird. Don't worry, we're good. Um, it, it, it's the a, only it's other thing, now. the only other thing that I wanted to mention. Um, before we get out of here, was the announcement on the uh, press conference afterwards. Uh, Michael Venom Page yeah. being signed to the UFC to fight Kevin Holland at UFC 299. I feel like we've already kind of, you know, in the group chat, spoken about that matchup because there was the rumors of it being in January. Um, crazy for for Dana to just be like, oh, I've got some fights to announce. Uh, you got this and that. You got this and that. You got Michael Venom Page fighting Kevin Holland uh, just 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 to drop that in there then they were the, the media were like you say Michael Venom page and he was like yeah what about it <laughs> like 
Okay, cool. I thought we were going to get... I, I had a feeling they were going to announce it on that night, right? MVP was kind of teasing it. I thought we might get a promo video or we might get a graphic or something like that. Nah, just... He's part of this card, by the way. Yeah. And yeah. I think I mean, all the fights he announced were really big fights as well. Yeah. And he just rattled them off one after the other. He was like, oh, we've got Holland versus MVP. We've got Song Yudong versus Piotr Yan. Uh, Ian Gary is going to fight Jeff Neal now. I wonder if they, they probably wanted to announce it at the seasonal press conference, but MVP said the deal wasn't done until like yeah. not long yeah. before Dana That's said fair. it. So yeah. I imagine I mean, you just see him, at, see him at the next pay-per-view going... Oh, UFC 300. We've got Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler. We've got Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nate Diaz is back. He's going to be fighting Paddy Pimler for the BMF belt. You've got and, George uh, St. Pierre versus Nick Diaz. Um, <laughs> this, uh, Casey is back. <laughs> and it's a tournament. Did I mention that? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be for the it's going to be for the 165 pound title. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, also, Cron uh, Gracie is on this card, and Parker Porter will be the calming event. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and yeah. we bought PFL at all. <laughs> all announcements coming soon. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know if we, we, we haven't really spoken about MVP going to the UFC on a podcast yet, so I thought we should briefly mention it. Obviously, we'll talk about it way more when the card comes around, but. Yeah. Um, Excited, and I think that this is a obviously it's a tough fight. Kevin Holland's a very good fighter, but I think that this is a perfect way to introduce him um, to the UFC. Incre incredible matchup! Incredible matchup! Yeah, I mean, um, Holland. Holland I we, should, we should dive in. We should dive into this at a later stage. I feel like maybe because yeah, yeah. um, there's going to be loads to talk about, and uh, you know more from MVP coming soon in terms of, I know he's done one interview to talk about it, but I'm really interested to hear him talk more about it. Um, Cause everything he said so far, so far has sounded fantastic. So uh, yeah, exciting stuff. Uh, final card of the year. We will be back very soon um, to do awards and some other fun stuff, hopefully before the end of the year and uh, some yeah, cool stuff. Hoping to do a, as well. hoping to do a new year show. That's the plan. Yeah. That'd be good fun. All right. That'll end the episode. Uh, we'll catch you guys later for fun stuff throughout the rest of the year into the new year. Drunken trivia. Let's go. <laughs>